Welcome all you cool cats and kittens to another exciting episode of Bold Statements, Not So Bold Predictions, where we've got receipts. I'm your host, Keith Cork, and I'm here and joined by my sleepy co-host, Mr. Trey Hill. Trey, we missed you last show, buddy. I, I know I know we had a little uh, a little bit of a miscommunication, a little bit of a misstep here, but uh, Jonathan covered for you. I think he might be the co-host now, so uh, we'll, we'll demote you. Yeah. So, uh, how are you doing? I did. I woke up early thinking it was going to be one of our early shows. And then I wondered if something had happened to you because you're never not on time. (laughs) And, uh, after that, I just fell asleep and I slept right through it. So you just need to catch some Z's, man. It's all good. No, it's, it's no big deal. Obviously I tricked myself by getting up early and then not taking a nap later in the day. So, I'm 33. I am definitely not nearly as young as I used to be. That bed just calls my name sometimes. All good, man. Jonathan Martinez came on the show and he filled in and he uh, he did a great job. We had some excellent Bulls discourse, which we'll cover a little bit today. But hey, guys, if you ever listened to BSVP before, uh, this is the show where we start with 100 credits for the season. Trey and I do and uh, any guest that comes on the show does as well. We put let's bets on NBA outcomes and we try to be right more than we're wrong, obviously. So, um, Trey, actually, now that I'm thinking about that, uh, oh, you know what? I haven't resolved my bets from the last show. That's my bad. Um, I was, before the last show, I was at 95.3. And you, buddy, are, are beating me a little bit. You're at 98.2. Um, so you're actually uh, doing pretty well there. Um, I hit one bet last uh, last show, and I missed one bet. I had Denver-Houston under 217, which played out exactly. It was like it was a great call. Played out exactly as I thought it would. Um, I said that Jokic basically, you know, when they don't have, they didn't have Michael Porter Jr. for this one. Um, they don't have Jamal Murray, obviously. So uh, whenever it's Jokic central uh, for the for the Denver Nuggets, they slow down the pace. When the pace is slowed down, the Houston Rockets are just atrocious. They can't they can't hang. They can't do it. They they've scored 106 points one time. Uh, and I think they had to score 107 or something like that. I said in the last show for them to to hit this over. So uh, fantastic call there. Not so great with my Atlanta Hawks. Uh, Phoenix Suns under at 222. I actually didn't catch that game, um, but all good. I, I missed that one. So I was one for one. Jonathan Martinez had a few calls on the show. He did say Bulls minus three and a half over the Philadelphia 76ers and. Eh, uh, didn't quite work out that way. The Sixers actually shot the ball really, really well. I mean, there's not much you know we can do about that. Cork um, Moss and Embiid went 11 of 14 from three, so yeah. that's not going to happen very often. And they've shot the ball. And I'm actually I'm following along to this Bucks uh, Sixers game right now. Um, they've shot the ball well all season. I'm just waiting for the the other shoe to drop and for them to regress. And uh, man, I, I mean, Maxi's uh, he's got like what 29 points now. He's going to go for a 30 piece tonight. So. Um, that guy's really stepped, stepped up for him with uh, Ben Simmons out of town. Obviously, he makes Ben Simmons very expendable for them. So uh, let's see. What, uh, also, Jonathan Martinez had Celtics plus five against Dallas, which did hit. Um, they lost by three. Uh, close game there. I think uh, I want to say they came back in that game. It's been a few days, obviously, but um, uh, it was it was a good game. Uh, and then he had Horford over three and a half assists for the Celtics, which just barely missed. He only ended up with three. Uh, Jalen Browns that wasn't playing in that one, obviously. So he thought maybe Horford would have some more uh, playmaking abilities uh, or playmaking responsibilities, I should say. And, and he probably did. But, um, you know, with assists, it's kind of a uh, there's, there's a bit of variance there because obviously the people you pass the ball to have to hit the shot, too. So, uh, you know, it, it is what it is. But that's OK. Jonathan went one and two. I went one and one. So not our best show. But 
at the end of the day, pretty good. He had some uh, futures here. Let me let me have you weigh in on these futures he he dropped on the show here, which uh, he did chop on today in sports betting, which is the last show that we had out for that show. Um, Tyler Hero, six man of the year. How, how do you feel about that one? I think it's a pretty good bet, especially if we can keep his scoring up. Uh, I don't know what the odds were on it. 2300 plus 2300 so oh yeah that's a that's a that's a good bet then um the heat especially if they can if they continue to be like one of the top two or three seeds in the east and if he if he is the guy off the bench he's got the personality miami's a popular team too so the narrative will be good that that's a that's a solid bet on his part yeah it's a definitely decent um I know Heroes struggled in the last, I think, two games. I don't have his um, box score up. I should have, or his um, stats up. I should have been pulling that up. But he's struggled in the last few games, if I can recall correctly. Uh, but I don't mind it. But he also is writing the Atlanta Hawks over. He actually grabbed it in real life at 47.5. So we actually beat him to the punch at 46.5. Um, you know, it, it's it's been a little bit of a struggle for them recently. But uh, I'm still confident that's going to hit for us. I, I hope so. Uh, Jalen Green, Rookie of the Year, he also wanted to uh, ride that one, which is my BS call actually with you, Trey. Uh, so he is riding Jalen Green there for Rookie of the Year. I guess that's just a bet he put in real life. So um, give it to him here on the show, too. I, I might just give him the ads that he has in real life and if that happens to hit. But uh, we'll see how that goes. But, um, yeah, how do you feel about those? I mean, obviously, ATL Hawks, we don't really need to talk too much about it. We've talked about it several times already. But uh, Jalen Green, Rookie of the Year, he's, he's riding with me on that one. How do you feel about that? I... I don't like it. What I like <laughs> is Evan Mobley plus 350 mm. to win rookie of the year. He the the defensive ability that that guy has and not just ability but the highlights which defensive metrics just haven't caught up yet to the offensive ones. But it seems like every time every game Mobley plays, he's putting up highlights that are all over Twitter. He had like 26 and 9 the other night. He um He's contesting the most shots in the league. Sorry, I'm sorry. Bobby Porras has hit another three and cashed me out, baby. Hold, hold on, I gotta pull this up here. You go right ahead. Uh, and I'll give actual dollars because this, this is a real life. But I bet Bobby Porras four plus threes. Uh, it was at plus twenty forty eight, I think, two thousand forty eight odds. Uh, and I put, let's see, I put six dollars and eight cents on it, and I'm cashing out one hundred twenty five bucks and fifty five cents, baby. Boom, we'll take those. Uh, that's what you, that's what you get here on BSBP. Actually, I, I didn't put that on the show. I should have put that on the show, but uh, all good, man. We didn't have a show, but no, go ahead, continue. I'm sorry. <laughs> oh no, you're fine. But I think Evan Mobley, I think he's the clear favorite on a team that I think is going to continue to surprise and overachieve. So I'm actually going to. I know I have Cade Cunningham as a bet with you. I think Cade will win. You think Jalen won. I'm also going to put a unit on Evan Mobley to win Rookie of the Year at plus 350 odds. The odds are just too tasty for me. I love it, man. Evan Mobley has looked freaking fantastic. I do like. I do think he's probably the favorite at this point. Um, Evan Mobley. I think Scotty Barnes is in the conversation there. Um, he's had a really good season, but he's been injured, obviously, the last couple, so we've kind of forgot about him a little bit. But it's a I, long season. I was going to put him also, but he's only plus 275. So. Yeah. Honestly, if he had been plus 300, I probably would have put some a, a unit on him too. Jalen Green is the favorite, according to our favorites over at my bookie. At plus 250, you've got Barnes at 275, and then Cunningham and Mobley are both plus 350. 
Yeah, um, you know, I, I could th- I could see it going uh, going to any of those guys, but uh, but yeah, I think I think Evan Mobley probably at this point, early early the season, looking like the best. Um, but you know, obviously, like it's a long season, so we'll see how that all plays out. Um, but yeah, we also got to talk a little bit, uh, you know, Jonathan and I about uh, Scotty Pippen's comments. So I kind of want to get you know your thoughts on this real quick, since you didn't have a chance to join us. Um, you know, I, I don't have the comments right in front of me exactly, but basically, Scotty said a few things about Michael. Uh, in his new book, Unguarded, that's his new uh, memoir. Uh, basically, he said that you know Michael Jordan made the last stand so that um, he could basically show all the kids that you know he was still the cool guy and, and LeBron wasn't. Uh, I'm, I'm paraphrasing here. Um, you know, he's he's the goat or whatever. And then the other thing he said was that um, you know basically uh, Michael's getting 10 million to appear in this this documentary, and none of the other teammates got paid anything, and you know they felt like it was an invasive process and they should have been compensated. Um, so let me get your thoughts on those uh, on those two things real quick for from Scotty Pippen. I don't like Scotty Pippen's personality. Obviously, I love him as a Bulls player, but even a broken clock is right twice a day. And I think he's right in both of these statements. Michael Jordan is the most competitive person I, I've ever watched play anything. Like go just to go watch his Hall of Fame speech to to get a glimpse into kind of his personality. And they've had this foot. They had this footage forever. And it was Michael Jordan's team who for years said, nope, we're not doing a documentary. Nope, we're not doing a documentary. Right. And then the timing of it, I think it's pretty clear that he saw LeBron, you know, coming towards his corner of the greatest of all time. And it was like, hey, wait a minute. I I think people have forgotten just how amazing I was. Let's do this. Uh, I think that. I think it's fair to say Jordan had LeBron in mind when he wanted to do the last dance, but I, I don't, I don't consider that a bad thing on Jordan's part. If I was Jordan, I would want, like I would have already done the documentary, mm-hmm. but no. And he's right. I think anyone who is involved in that document, whether it's former players, um, coaches, any, anyone that is involved in that, I feel like everyone should be compensated for their time, especially something that's definitely making money like that. Even if it's, you know, you go talk to Jordan's somebody who went to high school with Jordan, you throw him 50 bucks. You know, if you, you take up 30 minutes of their time, you, you throw them a little cash and say thank you. I, I feel like that's just the proper way to do things. Um, but again, that's one of those things. If if you want to be compensated for it, you can add, you can clarify that before you do the interviews. Well, one thing I brought up uh, with Jonathan is, you know, I, I think Scotty's always had, uh, and obviously it's been well documented, but he's always had kind of um, a financial, what do you want to call it, jealousy, I guess, um, you know, with Michael, because Michael's always had the brand and, and all the recognition, and, and he's been compensated for that. Uh, and, you know, Scotty. On, on top uh, of Scotty's contract that he signed. Scotty's that. contract was just terrible. So, uh, and I feel bad for the dude. I really do. I mean, obviously things are way better now. Jonathan and I talked about that a little bit too. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think he does have a little bit of a, like he's a little bit of a justified uh, reason to, to complain a little bit here, but, uh, but yeah, it, it's tiresome. I don't like it. Um, it's not necessarily my favorite thing, but no, let's talk, let's move on to, to, to more modern stuff here. Let's talk here uh, about a new thing we haven't talked about in the show yet, which is uh, Mr. Jokic uh, that play with, with uh, Markeith Morris. Uh, he's not a senior. It's, it's Marcus Morris. That's a senior. So Markeith Morris, uh, the Morris twin. Uh, it was a dirty play on the Morris's part. Obviously, they do that all the time, and we can, you can, I'll let you talk to that a little bit also. But uh, you know, he led with the elbow, he led with the knee. It was not a very, very nice, uh, you know, foul. Um, he was trying to take a foul in transition, but the game was out of reach at that point. So you know, you can say whatever he, you want. 
It was he a dirty was not <laughs> trying to take a foul in transition. He was trying to take a, take a cheap shot in transition. Yeah. We, we watch those take fouls all – like, those happen five times a game these days. And they're very clear where they're the fake hugs. Like, if you, if he wanted to do a, a clean, easy wrap-up of Jokic to stop the fast break, that was, that was very clearly on the table. And instead, he decided to hip check him while Jokic was up in the air with. Well, he had one leg planted, you know, elevating into the air. So he has he has a leg planted, and Morris just dives into his body and his knee. Yeah, it was a dirty play, and I think on that we we agree. But where we disagree, Mr. Trey, and we had a little uh, I wouldn't call it a spat, but some words on Twitter earlier, um, is the Jokic's re- retaliation. And I think, you know, everyone has been talking about it all day on the radio. I've been listening. I think there's been good points on both sides. Um, but I'm still of the mindset, and this is maybe just old school of me, I don't know, because there used to be a time in the NBA where, you know, people gave those cheap shots all the time. Um, but the unspoken rule in my mind is always, you know, hey, if a guy's defenseless or not looking at you, um, you don't go shoving him in the back. It's just really dangerous. So I, I well, well, one, he didn't shove him. He didn't put, like, he, he body checked him, but he didn't extend it. Like, it wasn't like a shove. Well, it's it, that's more dangerous in my opinion because you know if you hit him in the wrong round, if you hit him in the wrong way, it can cause serious bodily injury. That's just my my take on it. I don't think um you know. And see, I you, think that, to me, you sound like a guy who grew up playing in gyms and organized games. What Morris did? Do you know why he had to push Morris in the back? Like, do you know why he pushed Morris in the back? Because Morris cheap shot at him, and he did the coward thing that cowards do. And he shoved him and knew immediately that there were going to be problems because it was like it was very clearly a cheap shot. We're going to, you know, we're going to get people riled up. So what do you do when you're the asshole? You literally turn your back to them so they can't retaliate. I I've run into that multiple times. I don't ex- I don't excuse like if you don't want to get pushed in the back, you don't turn your back to someone that you just cheap shotted. Yeah, no, it was a bad move. That was terrible. He shouldn't have done that because, it, obviously, like, if you look at, like, a Bill Lambeer type, um, Bill Lambeer would have never been caught like that. Bill Lambeer would have smacked you in the face and then followed you into the stands. Right, right. Bill, like, <laughs> so, I, I, after you posted the Bill Lambeer picture, I went and watched uh, a compilation of Bill Lambeer confrontations and fights. Hmm. Every time he takes a cheap shot, oh, he, he knew. Right, he's, own, he's owning it. And he knew just like Morris knew. But what Morris wasn't prepared for was Jokic. He he is in that vein of like the Kevin Porter Jr. types of the DeJounte Murray types where they were ra- they were raised in an environment where you don't you don't do something that disrespectful and that risky in terms of injury. Because like that that very easily like I know you're saying, oh, he really could have easily fucked Morris up, you know, he really could have hurt him. Yeah. Well what when you're hitting a seven foot guy in the side of the knee, mm. like wh- what do you think that's going to do? And I think Jokic, Jokic is, I think he gets tired. Like in B, we saw him get frustrated the other night and almost punch Lonzo ball. I think these big guys are just getting frustrated at all of these shots they take. And I think Jokic saw that one and he was like, look, I've been getting beat up all game all year. There is no reason to be doing me like this in a game like this. Yeah. And uh, yeah, do they was, do no, they have an enforcer other than Jokic to kind of stick no, up for him? No, I don't I don't think so. But that, that here that brings me to my next point. Here's what I would, would have preferred to have seen. And and hang with me here for a minute here. I would have preferred to have seen 
Marcus Morris stays in the game. And this is how it would go in an old school game, right? Marcus Morris stays in the game. Play continues. The play, the next play, the ball gets inbounded. Marcus Morris suddenly gets smacked with an elbow to the face, to the jaw. He gets thrown to the ground. What, what have you, right? Something happens to Marcus Morris. He knows it's coming. Whoever does it gets kicked out. Um, probably Marcus Morris gets kicked out also. He, he probably would have been kicked out actually before that, that even happened. So maybe this is a bad example. But what I'm trying to say is, you know, it, or if, if that's the case, then the next game that you play them, first play out, boom, elbow to the you know, face. And then it's like, okay, now we, we know what that's for. Like I had somebody on Twitter try to tell me, well, if he didn't retaliate right away, they wouldn't have known what it was for. It's like, no, if Marcus Morris gets injured or not injured, but, you know, hit on the very next play or, or uh, you know, somebody does something to him. I think we're all going to know what that's for. That's a retaliation for what just happened. Um, and this is and I know unwritten rule has a very bad connotation. Not bad, but just I love you say this is what would have happened in the old school when we both know what really would have happened in the old school is they would well, have just started throwing. Right. They just, <laughs> yeah. Morris wouldn't have been a pussy and they would have just threw hands. <laughs> that's true that's true you're right so i i think i think it's um you know it's a conversation that everyone's having and everyone kind of has their own little wrinkle about it i think both guys i mean just chill the fuck out i mean just play basketball um i think that's what we all really want and obviously that goes to marcus morris um or markeith morris more so because he's the one that um that instigated and started it. i think milkic got caught up in the moment he did apologize later which was you know i think good of him so um at the end of the day, if someone's more on the run, I think it's probably Markeith Morris. I still don't like what Jokic did, um, but at the same time, you know. I, I oh, yeah, it was a cheap shot, too. It was yeah. it was a cheap shot, and it was – and Jokic just has some dirty plays himself. He's not necessarily the cleanest player, yeah. but I've just – like the amount of disrespect that Morris sent towards Jokic, if someone disrespected me that way, like I am immediately – if they if they turn their back to me, I'm probably doing the two hand shove to the ground and then I'm just going to try and kick them in the back of the head. But I also grew up in an area where if if you let somebody do something like that to you and you don't retaliate every day you go back in that you go back to play basketball, you're it's going to be even worse. Like I like you said, like with the elbow catching elbows on the nose, all that sort of thing, like. That comes along with it, but something is blatantly disrespectful. Like, it was just so unnecessary, so blatant, and such a cheap shot. Like, all like there's just so many factors together that just get me so annoyed that anyone would try and defend Morris in this situation. Yeah, um, yeah and I'm not defending him. Uh, you know, don't, 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 don't twist my words. I'm not saying what he did was right at all. I just... Um, I don't know. It gets really tricky when you try to say something's more wrong than something else, because um, I think they're they were both in the wrong. Uh, Markeith Morris is probably more on the wrong in general, because, like I said, he instigated it. Um, the thing that I took umbrage with was, again, just the the way that Jokic came after him without, you know, without him. If he would have just like, you know, hey, tap him on the shoulder, he turns around and punch him in the face. I would have been better with it. And that's just me. I don't know. That's just my own take on it. Um, you don't have to follow me or, or agree with me on that. Um, but I just, I've been hit like that before where you're totally not expecting it and someone just spears you. I know he didn't like necessarily get him in the midsection, but he did, um, shove him pretty bad. His, his neck did snap backwards. And, you know, I was, I was injured for a little while, um, in school and, um, it was scary. Uh, so, you know, I've been in that situation before. Um, and it's just not something I, I, I like, but again, both guys are in the run. I'm glad Jokic, you know, uh, apologized. 
Uh, I'm glad Markeith is kind of joking about it a little bit on Twitter. He did post, a, you know, a little bit afterwards. It said, you know, Jokic won, me, me zero. So like, you know, hey, I'm gonna get, I'm gonna get you, but you got me that time. Like, you know, they, it seems like they're both taking it as well as it can go. Markeith's not seriously injured, so we can all move on with our lives. But um, it was something that obviously struck a chord with the, with the audience because a lot of people have been talking about it today. So uh, definitely want to talk about it a bit with you. So, um, but guys. That's just part of being a man. And speaking of being a man, Trey, join the two million men worldwide who trust Manscaped to keep their front and back court polished all year long. Trim with their new Lawnmower 4.0, which is included in the Performance 4.0 package, and watch the hair fade away. This fourth generation trimmer features a cutting edge ceramic blade to reduce grooming accents thanks to their advanced skin safe technology. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code HoopBall20 at manscaped.com that's hoop ball 20 uh i think you know Jokic probably at least Jokic's brothers probably shave with a straight razor though so i don't i don't know if they use manscaped stuff <laughs> what do you they, think what are your thoughts they, there? <laughs> i think they shave with the knives they used to throw at Jokic's head yeah and while we were talking there mr trey i'm, I'm in a fantastic mood because uh i also on top of having bobby portis four plus threes i also had a same game parlay hit I had Bobby uh, Portis with two three-pointers, which he hit easily. Uh, Grayson Allen, three three-pointers, which I've been playing nonstop. Guys, if you see this prop out there, just play it. I've hit it five out of six times I've played it. Um, this guy has one role on offense. Even if Drew Holiday's there, don't worry about it. This guy's going to shoot threes galore. Three, three threes is nothing. If it's one-to-one odds or better, go play that crap, please. Uh, I had Bobby Portis over 14.5 points, which he hit easily. I had Milwaukee winning by winning by 6.5 points, which they luckily pulled that out. They were about to blow this game. And I had their team total over 111.5 at plus 2,800 odds. I put a half unit on it, so I 14 units, ka-ching, ching, 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 ching. Don't have my coin app here. But, yeah, that's two parlay or two plus 2,000 or better odd things I hit today. So that's a huge day for me, a huge day. Um, yeah. Well, uh, well played, sir. Very well played. <laughs> You're right, though, about Grayson Allen. He played 33 minutes tonight. He shot nine three-pointers. Um, let's talk a little bit about um, – I, I kind of want to touch on the Lakers. Let's just talk about the Lakers a little bit. And they almost blew that game. Um, what was it last night? Yeah, it was last night. I don't know if you caught. I don't think you, you said you didn't catch it, but I was watching that game. Uh, well, I was listening to it, I should say more accurately, and then I turned it on, flipped it on when it went to overtime. Um, but they were up pretty pretty handily uh, without Melo, though. They might they probably drop this game without Melo. They might drop a bunch of games here. They might be like you know three and eight or something like that. But they're they're six and five on the season. Um, Russell Westbrook down the stretch just continues to be a problem for them. What do you, what do you think of, what, what are you thinking about these Lakers? Thinking they should have traded for Buddy Heald. Um, <laughs> yeah, no kidding. <laughs> I think it's, I think it was always going to be a learning curve with that many non-shooters. I'm interested to see with LeBron being out two to four weeks. I'm interested to see how, if they get more shooting around Westbrook, maybe that'll help. But I really thought that they were going to have to play Westbrook as this as he would have to be setting screens instead of, you know, instead of handling the ball. He had one game this year where he set seven on ball screens. He hasn't had a game yet this year other than that one where he set more than two. So it seems like it was a point of emphasis for a single game. And it's just not something Westbrook's ever going to be able to excel at. Yeah, uh, I'm just I'm down on the Lakers in general. I think we were all worried about how this was going to fit. And it just seems like the worst case scenario is playing out for them. Yeah. It's been a really rough start. Obviously have not having LeBron there. Um, 
is a bummer, but you you figured, I mean, the, the consensus was at the start of the season, you know, even if LeBron or AD has to miss time, Russell Westbrook's going to take over this team. They'll be totally fine. And that has not been the case. Not at all. That that was my whole my whole spin on it was when they decided to trade for Russell Westbrook instead of Buddy Heald. I think everyone agrees that Buddy Heald makes them a better team come the postseason if they're fully healthy. But the Lakers have seen how um, they had to play in the play in last year. They didn't want to have to do that again. And in theory, I think people thought with LeBron getting older, maybe needing some rest, Westbrook was going to be the regular season guy. And to me, it showed the Lakers were prioritizing the regular season over the postseason. But even that regular season success that we expected to get is just not shown up yet. Do, Do you think Westbrook just kind of needs to get in a better rhythm with these new guys? Or do you think it's just a long-term um, issue? Well, Westbrook, he's you know he's he's notoriously been a slow starter, especially with new teams. Um, he had that quad injury at the beginning of last season, uh, which is is different. It's kind of different. I mean, obviously you couldn't kind of you know toss that out. But even with Houston, uh, when he came over, you know it was he's just a slow starter. So I think it does take him some time uh, to get acclimated and to find his spots. Um, one thing I do like that that Frank Vogel's been doing is he's been playing uh, Rajon Rondo with Russell Westbrook. Uh, I like that because that takes the ball. Uh, and I'm hoping, like you said, you know, I'm hoping that Russell Westbrook begins to do some more of these things, you know, on the basketball court outside of just um, going 100 miles an hour, breakneck speed, trying to score at the rim, trying to dunk on everybody. Um, you know, it's great for getting him triple doubles. It really increases the pace of the play, but it's not good basketball. Ultimately, uh, it doesn't lead to winning basketball every single time. Um, there are times for it. There are times where it's going to be a good thing to have Russell Westbrook doing that. Um and I think, you know, Vogel might be able to do a better job of managing that, you know, when, he, when he's noticing that uh, Westbrook's being a negative, especially down the stretch here in games. That's the, way, the thing I'm trying to get to here is that you just I don't know if you can have Westbrook on the floor to close games, which is really horrible to say for a guy that's making uh, you know, a ton of money uh, and, it, you know, a triple double machine, all, all that good stuff. I think is he one of the top 76 players? I, I didn't pay attention to that list at all. I think he's on there. But uh, anyways. Um, yeah, it, it, it's just not – he is going to turn the ball over in a crunch situation because he's just constantly trying to do that one thing, trying to get to the basket. So um, I like that Ray John is playing with him you know, and, and taking him off the ball a little bit more, and hopefully that helps him get the ball um, with a little bit of momentum or, or, or a defender coming at him, and that helps him be a little bit more efficient. Um, but, no, I don't. it's not a great fit. It's just not a great fit. You don't have LeBron in there that can't really – I mean, he's shooting well this season, but historically he doesn't shoot the ball well, doesn't space the ball, space the floor well. Um, Anthony Davis can, but do you really want him to, you know, at seven feet tall uh, and basically playing your center uh, sometimes? I mean, it's just a mess there in, in, in Lakerland. But I said the same thing uh, in their championship season too because they were really struggling, if you, don't, if you can remember, down the stretch of that season. And I was saying this is not going to go well for them. And then the, the playoffs hit and it was like boom. Yeah, like this is when we we care. This is when we're trying. This is when Anthony Davis shows up finally, uh, and they won a championship. So, um, you know, is that something that you think could happen down the stretch there? No. <laughs> no. Uh, that, that. <laughs> that was also the bubble year. LeBron got yeah. – the season was, you know, cut short in the middle. LeBron got tons and tons of extra rest. So he got to go in – I think if you if you gave me the Lakers with a 100% healthy LeBron and a 100% healthy Anthony Davis, 
I might give you a different answer, but I just I don't see a universe where that happens. Right. And we're not going to get we're not going to get that same that same sort of team. So I just I I don't see it happening for the Lakers, especially with Westbrook. I think they might look to move Westbrook come this upcoming offseason. My dark horse is maybe if uh, things blow up in Dallas, maybe Porzingis and Brunson for Westbrook. So that way Dallas can uh, get somebody. And Porzingis, I think, would fit well next to Davis. He could play the five while still stretching the floor. That but would be an I, interesting, interesting pair. I mean, Doncic is so ball dominant, and so is Westbrook. Sometimes, you know. I think they need. I think they need someone besides Doncic that's going to give him some relief of all of the on-ball duties that he has. Um, and and to me, if they if that was a trade that came to pass, that I think that would kind of be their mindset going forward. Would be, would be one after next year, Westbrook's a free agent, and that's forty-seven million coming off the books. And two, that would just be somebody to give Luca a little rest. But for for this Lakers team, I just I don't see a world in which they I mean they might win a first round series, but I don't even I don't see them getting to the Western Conference Finals. Yeah, it's uh it's really rough right now. But um, long season, we'll see if they turn it around. Let's talk a little bit about the Bulls. Obviously, they had a big a good win last night. Um, you know, we were just talking about the Sixers earlier. We we can backtrack to that a little bit. Um, but they had a good win last night uh, against the Brooklyn Nets. Um, Brooklyn Nets were obviously wearing a back-to-back, so I kind of, I've actually played the spread for the Bulls. Um, they didn't really take off until the fourth quarter, but the legs of the of the Nets did predictably get a little bit tired. I mean, Durant's in his you know, mid-30s, um, Harden's in his mid-30s, so um, not necessarily hard to predict that you know they would kind of run out of gas down the stretch there. Um, but, you know, it was still a good win. It's, I'm not going to take that anything away from the Bulls. They played from start to finish. They played a pretty good game. Um, you know, pretty efficient and, all, and everything like that. So, uh, but Io DeSumo, uh, let's talk a little bit about this guy, man. I am uh, high on him, high on this kid right now. I uh, I didn't know anything about him. I don't watch a lot of college basketball, to tell you the truth. I watch, you know, some nationally televised games here and there. Um, but I didn't watch a lot of Io in, in college. But uh, people were telling me, you know, this is a first-round talent. I can't believe he's slipping to 38, number 38. Uh, Bulls snagged him. Illini guy, you know, hometown hero guy. And this kid is just balling. What have you seen out of Io? Billy Donovan said he has the it factor, and and that just describes it perfectly. He he's fearless. He's always he's always trying to make something happen. He does get you know he's a rookie. He he tries to do too much sometimes, but he's got good he's got good length. He he shoots the ball well. He he's a he's a very willing shooter too. It's not like he gets the ball. Patrick Williams last year we'd see it a lot. He'd catch the ball and he'd almost hold it for a half second, a second before he's like. Oh, okay, I guess I'm allowed to shoot here. Whereas <laughs> Io is just gunning as soon as he gets it if he's open. Uh, I think he had 11 points in the fourth quarter last night. Uh, he's just he's been such a such a uh, a bonus off the bench. And I think personally, I think his minutes early on were the Kobe White minutes, and Billy Donovan probably wasn't planning on having him in the rotation for the full season, at least as much as he has been. But with as good as he's played, you, I think you have to find him minutes, right? You you have to develop him. Yeah, you you actually you, you you're reading my mind here because that was my next question was you know when Kobe White comes back because he's practicing now he's been cleared to practice. When he comes back, um, how do you see the rotation going? Personally, I think um, I think Io probably sees a few less minutes. I don't think he 
has a Kuzmin's entirely. I don't think it's possible. He's just playing so well. And the thing is that with, with Io, I see things, you know, on both sides of the floor, not just the offense. Um, the defense for the second unit for the Bulls has been tremendous. And a big reason for that, I mean, obviously Caruso is a huge reason for that. But the second biggest reason for that in the, in the backcourt, at least for me, is Io. Io's just been stellar on the defensive end also. He's got a real nose for the ball. Um, I, lo- I just love it. I love his activity. He gets lots of deflections. Um, you know, he seems to be able to, to guard guys that are that are much larger than him. So um, I'm, I'm all in on, on Io being a part of the rotation. I don't think he's going to be better than a role player in his career. Um, you know, maybe he will be. That'd be awesome. But I don't think so. But he's a really stellar role player right now. Um, so I don't think I'm, you can really take this right now. And it's really early. I mean, it's only been a few games. So go ahead. <laughs> I, I mentioned his length. Uh, yeah. He's six foot five with a six foot ten and then some. I think six foot ten and a quarter wingspan. So his arms are five inches longer than his height. And he, he you see that translate on the court when he's playing defense. He he's constant he he constantly has his arms out. He's he's disrupting passing lanes. He does a great job of helping off his guy, like doing that dig, you know, where you dig in on the driver yeah. and make the you know, swipe at the ball and then recovering back out to the three point line. He's he's done everything we hoped he would do and more coming into this season absolutely man he's just he's been fantastic but when Kobe White does come back I do think on the flip side of that the second unit does need that offensive punch like there are times when the offense is just so stagnant um so what I think is I think I loses a few minutes I do think Caruso maybe step, takes a step back a few minutes I don't think he loses um, I mean he's playing like 30 now a night which um you know, I think he probably goes back to like you know 26 to 28 um just a few minutes just to kind of like make sure he's good for the whole season and, and into the playoffs um, but I think actually DJJ, uh, Derek Jones Jr., is the one that probably takes the biggest hit here. Uh, I think the Bulls are actually going to go with a three-guard unit um, with Io because he's got that length um, with you know Caruso with his on-ball defense and with with Kobe. Assuming Kobe steps in and is able to score at the way that we know he, he can score. Um, what do you think about that? Is that I mean are we are we sacrificing too much length there? So who would be the two bigs coming with the three-guard lineup? Well, it would be Tony Bradley, obviously. He'd be um, – well, he'd be the backup, but obviously – Right, he's, the, be, he's uh, the center. He's the backup right. center. And then, and, then, and then DeRozan's been staggered a bit with uh, right. with who? Who am I thinking of here? With uh, Well, Javante Green, obviously, he's getting in there in the mix. So, you know, one of those guys will play, like, the four, uh, basically, and then Tony Bradley will play the five, and then Vooch will also be in there at some point. So um, you'll have – you're just not going to have two bigs. You're going to have – right. Basically, and I think I think we might see so Zach's playing 35 minutes a game. Demar's playing 35 minutes a game. Even if you bump those two down to 33 minutes, that's four extra minutes that you can get Kobe White on the floor. Yeah, or, and you're getting him like a you're getting him like a 15 to 18 minute roll. And if he ends up being hot and nailing down those jumpers, maybe he gets up to you know creeps to 22, 23 minutes and gets those guys a little bit more rest. Right. And and if you if you can give Zach and DeMar that rest, you can play, you know, you can play the Kobe White, Caruso, uh, Io, Derek Jones Jr. or Troy Brown and Tony Bradley as your backup unit. And then at least you have some scoring in there. Uh, man, this team, it's so nice having a quality Bulls <laughs> team where you're like, man, this well, team is 11, here's, 12 players. Here's what kills me. Here's, yeah, there's seven and three. Here's what kills me, though. I. Yeah. First of all, it was the defense is going to be a problem. They start as a top five team. 
you know, I mean, obviously there's been some regression there. I think that goes hand in hand with Patrick Williams being out. Um, Patrick Williams was a big loss on that side of the floor, I think. Um, so I think they will regress a little bit, but they'll still be, I think, a top 15, maybe even a top 10 defense. So they're going to be fine on defense. Then the next thing was, oh, they have no depth. And I'm like looking at this roster. I'm like, are you kidding me? Like, I, and I wasn't even counting IO in that. There was no IO in there. I mean, there was Derek Jones Jr. There was, um, I, I think Javante Green had a fantastic preseason. I was like, dude, this guy can can play. Uh, and he's, you know, he's out there. He's being active. He's not necessarily doing fantastic things, but he's doing what he needs to do uh, in that starting lineup. And then they have, you know, Tony Bradley, who I think people really discounted because he's been injured on and off the court. Uh, he's, I don't think he's played a whole lot in his career. He played a bit in Philadelphia, but other than that, he's been kind of, you know, off off the court a lot. Um, so anyways, I was looking at this team in the preseason. I'm going like, are you kidding me? This, this is, there's plenty of depth there. And I think that depth is showing now. So now what's the next complaint for the Bulls? You know, it's like, uh, what's the next thing that the national media is going to leak, you know, leech onto and say, oh, this is why the Bulls can't be a playoff team. Um, I don't know. I didn't get it. We didn't get it. We were correct on this one. So I'm going to take, take my W's. Uh, but yeah, I, I go ahead. I'm sorry. I, I cut you off there, but yeah, it's, it's good to have a good deep team. <laughs> uh, I mean, the next thing is Vucevic, and I love what he's offered in terms of the role he plays on the offense. I think if we didn't have someone with his skill set, even though he's been shooting extremely poorly, if we didn't have someone with his skill set, I don't think our offense would be running as smoothly as it does, especially when it flows. And on defense, he it, he's been the anchor of the defense that we've had so far, and the numbers did get a little worse over the last few games, but when you play against Joel Embiid, that tends to happen. Um, <laughs> my yeah. my question is, who who has been more disappointing on the offensive end this year, Vucevic or Dame Lillard? They're both just looking at their number, like their their accuracy numbers uh, on CleaningTheGlass.com. It lets you see their numbers and then compares them from all of their previous years, and they both of them went from being in like the the top 75, 75 percentile every year for, for their positions to they're both in like the bottom 20th percent now. They're just, it's been really rough for Vucevic and he's missed so, so many bunnies around the rim that I, I'm holding on to hope that he uh, regresses to the mean a little bit. And if he does, I think this team is just going to be that much more effective. It seems like yeah. they're they're really good at defense after they score when they can get back and get set up and just kind of get in their, their rhythm. Yeah, no, definitely. I think, um, you know, we were all thinking that the Bulls are going to be an offensive juggernaut in the preseason and it hasn't happened yet. I think that's the biggest part is that just, just Vucci and, and we're, you're watching these games as much as I am. Um, he's missing easy shots. He's missing shots that he's going to make or he should make. Um, does that continue? The odds are, you know, Probably not. I mean, we're, you know, we play the odds all the time. Anything, anything's possible. I mean, he could be, have just a terrible season, the entire season, all 82 games. It's totally possible. But I don't think, you know, if you're looking at his body of work and you're looking at, you know, odds of that happening, the odds are not very good. That's going to happen. At some point it's going to, you know, he's going to normalize. He's going to start hitting those, those easy bunnies he's getting. Cause he's getting shots like within, I would say six, eight, six to eight feet. Uh, with no defender really around him, he's seven foot tall. He can get that shot up anytime, and and it's over. The defender he has nobody really in his face, so um, it's going to happen. Uh, it's just a matter of time. It's just a matter of him getting that confidence back, which he will. Uh, and when it hits, I mean, I'm hoping it hits during the the playoffs. And this Bulls team just just is a monster and a beast against whoever they're playing. Um, but you know, I, I think I think if you're you know comparing him to Lillard, I think Lillard's the bigger disappointment because Lillard has 
much more of the offensive load on his, on his shoulders because he's simply, I mean, he's got um, Norm Powell and he's got CJ McCollum over there in Portland, but everyone knows it's Dame time over there. It's Dame's teams and team. And uh, we wouldn't necessarily call the Bulls Vooch's team. We'd probably call it Zach's team or maybe even DeRozan's team at this point because DeRozan's just been incredible since he's come over to the Bulls. Um, but it's not Vooch's team, so he's not necessarily that important. They're still seven and three without Vooch playing well. Dame, Dame, on the other hand, um, I, I don't know their, their record off the top of my head, but uh, it's not that great. <laughs> would you agree with that? Oh yeah, I would definitely agree. It was just, it was so jarring to me to see both of those guys just because I happen to have their uh, those stats up handy. And it was just wild to see the drop both of those guys had had. Five and five are what the uh, Portland Trailblazers are, which is not necessarily the start they wanted. They are playing tonight, I want to say. Yes, they are. They're playing the Clippers right now, actually. The Clippers are beating them 13 to three, so not a great start there either. Um, so, yeah, it's just uh, yikes over there in, in Portland. But, uh, no, it's all good. Um I did want to touch uh, – oh, guys, I, I did – sorry, <laughs> my bad. A little bit of month them up there. Obviously, guys, we don't talk a lot about fantasy basketball in this spot, but there are some definitely some heavy fantasy implications here. So, listeners, if you're playing in your leagues without getting the help from the Brilliant Minds at Hoopball, you're doing it wrong, guys. You can get the fantasy pass for just $4.99 a month, uh, which you get access – which will get you access to the Brewski 150 weekly articles and direct access to the pros all season long. So just go to hoopball.com. That's hoop-ball.com and sign up and, and go in your leagues. Um, yeah, I, I was like, wait, I have to do something here. Uh, it's doing ad read. I, I almost forgot about that. So sorry about that. Anyways, uh, let's continue, Trey. Let's talk about tomorrow's games. I know you're excited about a few things. Um, are you locking in that? Uh, you, you're talking about the rookie of the year for Evan Mobley. Are you locking that in and putting a unit on that then? Oh, yeah, 100%. Okay. And that's pl- plus 350, you said? Plus 350. And okay. speaking of tomorrow's games, I also have the Cavs plus three as one of my picks. Uh, I'm tempted to take the money line, but I couldn't find any odds for it. So as of mm-hmm. now, I'm just going to I'm taking the Cavs plus three. Uh, they're playing the Wizards at home against the Wizards. I love what Evan Mobley has been able to do in Jared Allen. I Garland's been great. The Wizards have a, a really well-built team. But I, I just like what the Cavs are doing, and I'm I'm just buying all that mobile. I'm buying in on them. So to go along with my Evan Mobley plus 350, I figured I'd go ahead and throw that one out there. All right, Cavs plus three. Um, actually, that line has slipped to plus four. I'm I'm, I'm going to give you plus four on that one. So people must be uh, hammering the Wizards. That doesn't necessarily mean anything, guys. I've played these lines. They've slipped both ways. They've slipped in my favor. They've slipped against me. Means uh, means absolutely nothing until the games play, but uh, but I, I'll give you plus four, Trey. How do you feel about that? Oh, that's even better. <laughs> even better. <laughs> uh, the, cool. the Wizards. I, the Wizards are really they're a really talented team. Uh, I can see why people like them. I just the Cavs are so big, and the Wizards don't have size, and they they do such a good job. The Cavs do such a good job at dominating the boards. Paul George spoke about it um, a couple weeks ago about how difficult it is to play the Cavs as an undersized team. So I'm, I'm buying that Cavs hype. All right. Fair enough. Uh, quick question. Does, uh, does Colin Sexton being out affect that at all for you? He's out for the season with the, with the torn meniscus. How do you think they're going to handle that? I think they'll just keep on keeping on. Ricky Ricky yeah. Rubio has been has been Rubio fantastic there. That last year. And obviously he's not going to shoot like that. 
But I think I think he's the kind of guard that they're going to miss Sexton, yes. But Rubio is he's such a good facilitator. And he, not even a facilitator, but he's he's that guy who when he's watching the game, he he's he's a savvy veteran. He knows what the team needs. And so Sexton being out hurts, but it, Thankfully, Rubio is there, and I think he's really going to help alleviate a lot of that. Yeah, Rubio is going to be huge for him. I think that would be totally fine also. I, I think Sexton actually isn't uh, – I, I, I don't know how exactly to phrase this. I don't think he's necessarily a big a big loss for them, honestly. He was not doing so hot in fantasy. I know that much. He's, his efficiency is just not there. So, um, But my first BSPP lock for you guys is the New York Net, Knicks. Wow, not Nets. New York Knicks. Minus 2.5 over the Milwaukee Bucks. Oh, That's I've got minus... that one too. Oh, okay, he's right now. So we're both on that one. Uh, but yeah, minus 110 on that one. So 1.1 unit to win one unit. Um, it did open at, I think, minus 1.5. Let me just double check that real quick. Uh, yeah, it opened at minus 1.5. It's actually up to minus 3 now uh, for Nick's Bucks. But we're taking it at minus 2.5 because it's our show, so we can do that. Um, but yeah, I, I just, um, you know, the Bucks play tonight. It's a back-to-back for them. I can't believe this is a minus 2.5 for the Knicks. It, it just feels like they're going to cream this this uh, Milwaukee Bucks team. They don't have Middleton. They don't have Brook Lopez. Um, they're missing somebody else I'm, I'm completely spacing on now. Um, but, it opened at but, one and a half, so get it yeah. get it while you can at two and a half. Yeah. Because after, after the, the trying game they had tonight – tonight against a Sixers team that didn't play MB, they didn't play Thibel, and they didn't play Simmons. They had to play those guys a lot of minutes and a lot of minutes that mattered. So I, I really like the Knicks pick. Yeah, definitely. And uh, so we're both on that. And um, let me see. Uh, yeah, the Knicks just wiped the Bucks by 15 on November 5th, and they didn't even shoot the ball that, that well. So I just think I think this is a, just a stone cold lock. So um, debating if I'm going to do one or two units. You know what? Screw it. I'm going to go 2.2 units to win two units only on this show. In real life, I'm probably going to go one unit because I have a rule for myself to just go one unit this year because I missed a lot of two or three unit bets last year. So I'm just going to go one unit on everything. So, um, but yeah, I'm going to go 2.2 to win two on this show. So uh, doubling down on that. The other one I have, uh, BSPP lock, is the Sacramento Kings uh, over the San Antonio Spurs. It's a pick right now, guys, between these two teams, which doesn't make any sense to me. That's, so that's minus 110. I'm putting 1.1 unit to win one unit. It just feels completely disrespectful to the Kings because they've just played really well this season. Um, the Kings have dropped two in a row, and Darren Fox is just like complete ass. But you know what? There's a chance Tyrese Halliburton is going to play in this one. And uh, I think Fox is going to turn around. Spurs uh, – they beat the Spurs in three out of the four of the four factors. So effective field goal percentage, turnover percentage, free throw attempt rate. And um, let's see, I'm going to think of uh, the other one I'm missing. But anyways, three out of the four factors, they are beating them. Uh, the only thing that they have to do is take care of the basketball, which is something they've struggled with admittedly early on. But they ended eight la- eighth last season in turnover percentage. So I'm making them just – it's just an early season anomaly that they're not doing so hot there. They're in the 20s uh, as far as ranking goes for that one, I believe. So uh, take care of the basketball. Kings and you should have no problem beating the Spurs team. I just watched the Spurs team play the Thunder. It was an atrocious game. I hated myself for watching it because it was just so ugly. Yeah, so I got the Kings. <laughs> so uh, any other locks you got for us, Trey? Well, um, I also had the Kings. So oh, okay. <laughs> you you summed it up. You I I didn't want to jump in on that one. You you summed it up. I I also had the Kings pick them. I was going to try and bait you into taking the Spurs. Whenever I uh, whenever I first wrote him down, I was like, maybe I can talk him into the Spurs and I can I can just pull the BS out on him. But no, you 
you're right there with me. Um, yeah. I have I have one more play. I don't have odds for it yet, mm-hmm. but um, I'm I'm pretty good friends with a Raptors fan, and I'm pretty good friends with a Heat fan. And we were talking earlier, and all three of us are com- we're pretty confident that we thought our teams could win. So this is the the Trey's friends special. It's the Raptors okay. Bulls Heat money line. All right. Uh, the Raptors. Raptors play the Celtics. The Bulls play the Mavericks, and the Heat play the Lakers. So okay. th- they're going against teams that are all, you know, pretty decent. Boston not included at the moment. But I bet the odds will be pretty decent, and yeah. it's always fun to root for teams you like. Yeah, the um, I think the, the Celtics are favored, right? Yeah, minus two. They're two-point favorites yeah, they're, there. Yeah, they're two-point favorites. So that should be pretty good, pretty good odds there for you. Um, yeah, I bet the Heat twice this season and both times they've that's and both those games are the games that they've had just absolute crap shows but they just had a really crappy game uh against the Denver Nuggets so they'll probably play a lot better in this one so I, I don't well, mind they're I gonna like, be motivated right after, after oh, everything yeah. that happened like, yeah. <laughs> but uh but that's it guys that's our BSPP logs I think we had like five or six of them there so that's quite a few plays for you guys I'm hoping those hit for you but, hey, if you're out there listening, please like, subscribe, leave us a five-star review. We need your reviews, guys. Give us a review. Give us five stars and tell me that I'm ugly. I don't care. We're going to be back on Friday, though, and we're excited because we're going to be rejoined here on Friday with Mr. Sanson and uh, Mr. Stephen Bagel, who we had on our first video show. We're going to be doing another video show with those guys. Uh, we were something crazy like uh, seven and two or something on our opening show. So uh, hopefully we'll we'll keep that magic going and uh have another fun one for you guys maybe we'll do another free play parlay type thing but uh we'll see how it goes but yeah i'm keith you can find me on twitter at at bsbp keith and trey where can the people find you on twitter at final finally and guys make sure you follow our show's twitter at at bsbp underscore nba go out there hit some bets do it